this is Lori Forrester, the wine coach with The Sipping Point, and I'm here on location in Hershey, Hershey, Pennsylvania at Trogues Brewery. It's actually my second visit here. First time I talked to the general manager, but today I have the pleasure of grabbing the chef, Christian DeLutis, exec chef here at Trogues. You don't always think of gourmet cuisine with beer, but Christian is changing all that. And I have him here. I want to talk a little bit, Christian, about you. I know you have an amazing chef background. You've worked at fine dining restaurants. You've uh, been to the James Beard House and cooked there. How did you end up at a brewery? That's a great question. Um, I was, uh, yeah, never really saw myself in the brewery, but always um, loved the idea of going out west to uh, work at a winery. Um, maybe in the early 2000s, I thought about that, or late 90s. Seemed like a lot of chefs were doing some interesting things and pairing food and wine and being on site. And I always liked the idea of being close to the products I'm working with, and that just seemed like a great idea, but I never put myself in a position to move out west. And um, originally, and we're really close to the product. I think people can hear the the beer being made right now. Exactly. Um, but you know, I grew up in the Hershey area and a uh, big fan of Trogues, and I happened to be back in the area when they were looking for a chef. And I really have looked at this uh, opportunity the same way as as working at a vineyard once appealed to me. Uh, now with the growth in craft brews, um, it just seemed perfect. It seemed like a dream come. Great. Well, I've sampled a few things already today, but I noticed on the menu that you have a lot of local farmers and other purveyors. I even saw a gentleman uh, from Amish country here visiting you while I'm here. So tell me about how, how you've incorporated this. I mean, everybody talks about, you know, farm to table, local, but it seems like this is the real deal. Like you guys are really doing it. So tell me, how is the program built around that? Um, well, I think the program for food, um, what starts first here is does the beer and the food work together? Um, and we do a lot of thinking about that. We try not to overthink it because the average person coming in uh, may miss uh, nuances if we go down too long of a road. So we really just try to keep it honest and we find that certain beers work with certain things on the menu and um, we really try to gravitate to that. We avoid flavors like, for instance, maybe spearmint or sesame oil, things that are really strong on the palate that could prevent um, you being able to enjoy the beer having them with. But if we think a dish is really in need of those things and really awesome and we need that dish to speak for our culinary vision, we might let it go. Um, so we try to keep, keep things pretty, uh, would be the word, like juvenile, relaxed, fun, um, and not so serious, but with a strong respect on the pairing of food and beer. Um, so we talk to uh, Chris and John, the owners, a lot about what's in each beer um, when we do a menu change, uh, if we have new beers in the works, and what we think will work with them in theory, and then we sit down and try it. Yeah. You know. Now, I don't, I don't know if you agree with this pairing, but here's one that I just had, the Kolsch, mm -hmm. which has like a citrusy mm -hmm. flavor and element to it with those french fries that are fried in duck fat uh -huh. and i thought that was a really fun pairing and you had that sort of crispness of the beer to really contrast the rich fattiness 
from although I know those are calorie free right. but uh, of the fries are you is, are you looking to do some of that contrasting oh totally and and I think beer has an advantage over some spirits or wine um, in some regard because of carbonation carbonation does a lot of things I mean a lot of people saw chefs in the early 2000s mid 2000s and even still today doing sauces with foams and may have looked like cat vomit on a plate but actually those small bubbles um they kind of wake up your taste buds so in carbonation in beers it's the same thing uh they have, they can make things seem lighter um they can introduce them sporadically across your tongue all at once in little explosions so when you're eating something that's oil-based like a french fry or even our rosemary brown butter popcorn having that beer um especially like a kolsch which is going to be a lighter beer a crisper beer uh more old world european um you're going to have that exact contrast that you're talking about so i, I definitely definitely find contrast to be the easier a really hoppy beer with something really fatty like duck confit or a pork a fatty pork dish um, and then we also have a lot of fun with say doing something like um, troganator which is going to be stronger in its malt build than hop um, and higher in sugar content so that was something like a root vegetable like a parsnip puree with maybe some malted um, some powdered malt in it and working together bringing the two together flavors together yeah. complementary is a lot of fun so we see a long, a, a, a strong gravitation to the to the contrast because it seems to work easy. And I would say the warmer months and the complementary flavors seem to work better in the cooler months. For me, from a chef's perspective, seasonality. Well, give me an idea of some of the local vendors, farmers that you're working with now. Just give us some examples. Well, Pennsylvania is a great state as far as um, local foods. Uh, we have a lot of farms. It's farm country, uh, a lot of dairy farms, um, and it, it makes it really easy for us. I find that if, if you're talking about it, you're probably not doing it or you're just starting. <laughs> um, not to sound too snarky, but uh, we, we've had the luxury of a lot of people who um, are artisan or practice things in an artisan way gravitating to the brewery in general because of the beer we make. It has that kind of appeal to it. It appeals to the artists and people that work with their hands in food or, or spirits. So they've kind of come to us, which is really nice, and they've already been fans of the beer. So it seems like a very natural development for us. Um, so, uh, yeah, they kind of stop by the brewery. Uh, and a good example of that would be is uh, Rosetta Beef out of Northern Maryland. Um, they raise grass-fed beef, but they come to us because they take our spent grain that's left over from the brewing process, and then they go back and feed it to their cows, and we get the cows back. So it's just a natural harmony that, that makes sense. Um, it goes beyond just saying farm to table, and it becomes this full cycle, environmentally friendly, and tasty good process. It's yeah. completely sustainable. So we try to work that way as much as possible. We have some other relationships that mirror that um, with wort that goes to a local bakery. We do bake a lot of our things in-house, but we work with a woman named Sandy who bakes bread lo locally, and she'll take spent grain from the brewery and wort from the brewery that's left over from the process, and that's the stuff that we really like, because it begins to tell this story of who we are and how responsible we try to be with what we're building and growing into. So That's cool. I love that. And sustainability, a huge topic in the wine world, too, of exactly. course. Uh, so... 
Give the folks that are listening a little sampling of what's on your menu. I mean, I mentioned a few things, but, you know, what are the really fun, innovative things that they're going to see here? I mean, you call it a snack bar, but yeah. it's really more than, like, nachos and, right. you know, it's not that. The but, um, you know, exactly, right? You remember that. But it's, it's really casual food but at a high level so give us an example well yeah that's been that's been the challenge um i think we're in year three now and um i'm really finally finally starting to feel i have a a bit of a grasp on the concept um there's a reason why a lot of people aren't doing food at a super high quality from scratch in a fast casual setting because it's nearly impossible (laughs) and i can tell you because i do it day to day um what makes it possible is the team. I have an incredible group of people. Um, I know that sounds cliche, but truly, there's just some magic that we, we were lucky enough to get a hold of. Um, and I think what we're doing is we're, we're trying to eliminate steps that are unnecessary, and we're, we're focusing on what matters in a dish, um, eliminating kind of the silver tongue and the foo-foo that can dance around some of the fine dining, which I love and sometimes miss. Um, but we're, we're presenting a product that's really honest, that we feel as though is cutting edge because it's bringing something new that people would enjoy, not just for the sake of doing it. Um, and we're designing food that we can fabricate in-house up front to a, a point that when it hits um, our snack bar kitchen, when the check times needs to be six and seven minutes, it can be prepared there really quickly. So it's been a very new style of cooking that we're developing um, to do scratch cooking in minutes, so to speak. Uh, um, I'm kind of in that pressure cooker, so to so to pe- uh, so to speak. But um, something that we're growing more and more comfortable with and embracing as a team and realizing it's it is cutting edge and it's very new. And I think a lot of restaurants. Uh, you'll see going towards this practice because you can feed more people. Um, it has a more humble approach, and the food is really allowed to speak for itself. So there isn't a whole lot of gimmick to it. Yeah, you can't hide. You can't hide. Um, but as far as food, our approach really is that we we come off in a way that's uh, beer friendly. Um, as far as like our new menu falls right around the corner, and some dishes that I'm really excited about are probably our cauliflower with uh, hay smoked goo poached egg and purslane um, I, I, I think the flavors there will be really unique and, and tend to pair really well with some malty beers we we smoke the gouda over um, it's a local gouda um, smoked over hay uh, and we paste it with um, baste it with uh, troganator the whole time it's in there it's a very malty sweet beer um, the earthiness of the cauliflower and the purslane with that I think will be a great dish um, trying to think of some other great ones um, that I'm introducing with the team. Well, what's your favorite? Just some what's what's at the snack bar right now? I, I really love the cured salmon right now. Um, it's a sustainably raised product, obviously not local. It's from Scotland. Um, but it is a fantastic piece of fish that we bring in. Uh, we take some local beets uh, raised uh, north of us and we puree them with the salt and we cure the fish. Um, it gets this beautiful maroon color to it when you slice it against the orange. It's served with uh, 
buck, we call them buckwheat flapjacks, but they're basically yeah. bellinis, um, ah. but pancakes and some smoked creme fraiche and some pickles. It's really simple, kind of Eastern European, and it goes really well with something like the Kolsch or uh, Le Grave, which is one of our cork and cage beers that drinks like champagne. It's a really great experience to see what food and beer can do together on a very European almost feel. Um, and then yeah, I like, uh, I really like uh, what we do as far as our charcuterie program. Um, some people could say that's kind of cliche at this point, but working with uh, whole animals and primal cuts and, and really uh, doing house fermenting and fermenting our own cabbages and horseradish for like just the accompaniments that build off of the meat plate. Uh, we have a lot of fun with. So I'd say there are stronger points. Um, and our baking program, I mean, we're doing some really interesting breads that are indigenous to this environment, like a potato roll and, uh, you know, just different things, a sesame roll, things that you'll find in this area that are a lot of fun. Um, and we do a Baltimore cotty, which is kind of my ode to Baltimore, where we salt our own cod and wood smoke it and do it with crushed potatoes. And we bake a bread called Pullman bread, which not a lot of people know about. And it's a bread that was invented uh, for the railroad so it could fit uh, anatomically correct so to speak on a train uh, they're like this they look exactly like a Pullman boxcar and uh, just kind of some history to that especially for this area so I hope that makes sense I oh absolutely I like, you know. um, well Christian this has been amazing and if you want to come out and try all these delicious things that you're making um, you definitely have to come here to Hershey to yep. the Trogues Brewery you can go online to trogues.com that's T-R-O-E-G-S dot com and and uh, can they see your menu online? Yes, they can. Yeah, All the right. snack bar, the summer menu will be there. We're looking for an early October change for fall. That's when things are growing here, so a little later than the solstice, but what makes sense for us to work locally. So, yep. Well, I know you have a crowd in there waiting for some more food, so thank you so much for your time and uh, being on The Simping Point. Cheers. My pleasure. Thanks, Lori. Cheers. Thanks. You're listening to The Sipping Point. This is Lori Forrester, the wine coach. I love it when we do beer. I love beer as well. I know. It's really jailbreak. I love Justin. And he's a wine geek making beer. That's yeah. totally cool. I'm a big Hefeweizen fan. That one was really good. The it Feed was. the Monkey. And uh, Chef Deludis from Trogues. Yeah. So talented. You can do great beer and food pairings, just like you do great wine and food pairings. Absolutely. Um, you know where they have great wine, though? Where's that? At the Oregon Grill. I did know that. It's fall. This is the best time, and let's let's face it, a couple weeks, Thanksgiving's here. Oh, yeah. You're going to have your relatives. It's the best time of the year, but it flies by so I quickly. Know. And you know what? I say don't cook. No, go, go to out. the Oregon Grill. Go Let the them grill. do it for you. They always do a great job at the holidays. They decorate. They've mm-hmm. got all these fireplaces Totally. The great wine selection, the great menus. I know. You just, you, you feel special there and you don't have the cleanup. No. You don't have the hassle. Sit back, relax, enjoy yourself. That's what I holidays know. are That's for. That's what it should be about. Call the Oregon Grill at 410-771-0505 or go to theoregongrill.com. Next week, we'll be back to explore the recipe for a delicious life. Special thanks, as always, to our sponsors, Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis, the Oregon Grill, and Wine World.